our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. In today's episode, we are talking about the string between toddlers and teens. I invited my good friend, New York Times bestselling author, mom to three, and founder of Good Inside, Dr. Becky Kennedy, onto the podcast to join me in this conversation. I've got a foot in toddler land and I have a tween. And while it definitely feels like I'm doing the split sometimes and the splits hurt, <laughs> it's also provided me this unique experience of observing the thread between these two seasons, this push for independence and all the big feelings. Over breakfast last year, Dr. Becky and I were eating some amazing bagels because in New York City, they just do bagels better there. There must be something in the water. I asked her, do you think that we are all destined to have a strained relationship with our teens, the kind of relationship that maybe we had with our own parents? And she said, no. And I really wanted to dive deeper into understanding the different ways in which we could be approaching our relationship with our children early on, setting the stage, building connection capital, building trust that can support us once we get into those tween and teen years when the struggles that we might be facing with our children are different and in some ways the stakes might feel higher. We are going to meet you where you're at in this episode. Whether you have young children or you're already entering or in the tween and teen season, you're going to leave this episode with strategies for building that trust and that connection capital with your children. I have personally, professionally learned so much from Dr. Becky, and I'm so thrilled to get to share her now with all of you. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a mom to three and licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm really glad that you took the time to hold space for you by tuning in to today's episode. My hope with this podcast is to share conversations with experts from around the world and parents who've been through it so that maybe you feel a little less alone in your experiences and the messy side of being a parent and being a human and so that you can walk away with supportive steps for what to do next. 
Listening to this episode is not a substitute for seeking support from a professional in your area. I believe that holding space and offering presence to both ourselves and others is truly one of the most meaningful ways that we can express care. And you are so deserving of that care. All right, are you ready? Let's dive in. Dr. Becky, my friend, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat with me. It's also just like such a joy to see your face. I miss your face. I miss you too. And (laughs) this is definitely the highlight of my week. So I couldn't be more excited to be here. (laughs) So you and I first connected on the good old Instagram. Um, my go-to joke is I swiped right. I don't know if that's the direction you swipe when you, (laughs) when you, when you're like, yes, (laughs) but I've never been on a dating app, but like I swiped right. I was like, you're, I want to get to know you more. And then, and we did. And then you are such a community connector builder and you formed this study group, like this multidisciplinary study group that we were meeting every week for a while there, and it was like life-giving, honestly life-changing. I learned so much, and I felt so safe in that space, and it was like the first opportunity for me to talk about some really hard stuff in parenting and just learn, but also support. It was so beautiful, and I, yeah. I miss that group. <laughs> I know. I know. I I love that group so much. And yeah, for anyone listening, it was like just this amazing multidisciplinary group of, you know, parent coaches, clinicians, people interested in parenting, sociocultural issues, race, you know, uh, femininity, like Mm -hmm. all the topics and all the intersectionality. And uh, something like really magical happened. I feel like people talk about like, wouldn't it be great to be in a group of people who are so different from each other, who share the value of open communication and growth and learning, but maybe besides that have, you know, very little in common. And what about if we all got them together and learned together and talked and challenged each other and shared and it all felt safe. Like I I didn't conceive of it in that way, but I feel like that's what it became. And um, it's definitely one of the formative, you know, kind of things I've ever done in my personal or professional life. So happy to have lived through that with you. Me too. And, you know, I um, I work with a lot of therapists and it's like, it's really become one of my like go-to things. Like here are some of the ingredients of what I experienced and like here, here's why I think it's so meaningful as, as a human being just in general, but I think also especially being in like a helping profession and working with parents, being a parent ourselves, like it's just, I think it's like so critical. And so I really, I really value that time. Actually, one of our fellow group members that you introduced me to is Dr. Sumi Raghavan, and she was on the podcast episode, Am I Screwing Up My Kids? One of the most popular episodes to date, and I am just so grateful because I would have otherwise never met her. She's like one of the smartest people I know. So She's, she's on fire. She's on fire. <laughs> Permanently, in the best way. Yep. All right. So... Um, we had a conversation actually when I went to New York to visit you. Uh, well, I went on vacation and we made time to see each other and, and Sumi was there and um, Kelly, the your clinical director at Good Inside was there. It was amazing. It was over bagels, like some of the best bagels I've had in my life actually, to be honest. Like they were 
very delicious. But we also had a really delicious conversation about this thread between like toddlers and teens and this idea that we sort of presented with like, what if like that teen parent relationship doesn't have to necessarily be what we experienced, right? Like what if there's some things that we can actually be doing to set the foundation really early on? And I have a foot in the toddler world with my two and a half year old. And I've got my foot in the preteen tween world with my 11 and a half year old. And it feels like I'm doing the splits (laughs) and the splits hurt. (laughs) But there's also these moments of this like, wow, it's like a very visceral experience of how how connected they are. And in in ways that, you know, so for example, when when you're in the toddler years, there's this big push for like independence. And I want to see, I want to see how I'm separate from you, right? And and then they keep developing that. Like I have an eight-year-old and he definitely still is developing that sense of like, who am I separate from you? But with my tween, who's going through puberty right now, it's like a very, um, it's also a very intense visceral experience of that push for separation. And then there's like other things. Like I, I took your potty training course and we're in the, you know, we, we, we did it and we're in it. And there's a lot of stuff you talk in there about body sovereignty and how potty potty learning isn't just about like learning to poop in the potty and pee in the potty. There's so much else that's that they're learning in there about their body and feelings in their body and it being real and trusting themselves in the, and independence. And then I find myself, right, like this is this, these are the splits I'm in, like, you know, running to the bathroom because my toddler's like, I have the feeling. And she wants her, you know, poop to go find its poop friends down the down the potty. <laughs> if you haven't taken Becky's potty learning course, you It'll know make sense after. Yeah, It'll exactly. make sense after. Go do it. Um, she's like, my poop is going to go find your poop. I got the feeling. Yes, let's go. Right. We're running to the potty. Anyway. It's great. She's happy. And then, but then in, there's another tab open in my brain beyond that of my daughter who is navigating peers and peer pressure and having big questions about sex and consent and like, oh, and so it's like, wait, body sovereignty. Like there's your feelings inside your body are real, right? Like there's, there's, there's these very deep connections and I want to talk about that with you because I think that it's really important because it feels like, yes, the toddler years are so demanding in their own way, emotionally and physically, but like shit's starting to get real with my oldest and the like stakes feel higher. And I remember being a teen and sitting in my room and going through something big but not talking to my parents about it or being at a party and being like, I'm not comfortable, but if I call them, I'm going to be, I'm scared of what that's Mm -hmm. going to look like. So I'm just going to stay here in this unsafe situation, right? Like, I don't want that. So (laughs) let's, let's do, let's do the work, Becky. 
we'll let's do it. We'll solve this. all all those. Pro- <laughs> we're gonna solve all those problems. No, yeah. and and you and I have similarly aged kids, right? So my oldest yeah. is eleven and a half, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, my youngest is five, right? So a little bit older, but um, yeah, like this tween stage is is wild and you know we can jump in anywhere but something i was just talking about with him and my husband was you know he doesn't have a phone yet right he's in mm-hmm. fifth grade you know but mm-hmm. he he uh, he messages on his ipad right mm-hmm. and and we have conversations about it and all the things but what i realized is wow he is learning to text before he learns how to communicate effectively Ooh. when all of us like not, I don't know if any of us really learned how to communicate effectively, but we had more years behind us still working at it, you know, yeah. what about you? But we all had way more practice communicating with people. How do you respond to someone when they, even something somewhat innocuous, like how do you respond to someone when they invite you to do something and you can't go? Right. That's actually like something a lot of 11-year-olds probably aren't great at. But then it's also over text. So someone just doesn't respond. And then it's like, oh, they didn't respond. And then there's feelings or even just writing, no. No, I can't. We're like, that's not the way you want to respond to someone, right. especially, you know, like, but it like, there's that there's, you know, recently we were talking about some social situations where like kids are recording other kids saying things. And I was like, oh, gosh, this oh is my world, God, right? This is the world I'm living in, right? Like I'm having conversations with my daughter about the use of emojis because sometimes when you just say no, like yeah. come People don't have your face to like interpret, are you mad? Are you not? Right? And yeah, the recording, like it seems fun and silly, but it can be really hurtful. And they're learning all of this. So you're you're literally speaking the world I'm in. So. Yes. Right? And our teens, you know, they really do need to feel a level of autonomy. Like that is developmentally appropriate yes. to figure out who you are, right? And we all remember from when we were in those years, the quickest, easiest, cheapest way to figure out who you are is to reject someone else, right? And the more space you put between yourself and your parent, you actually give yourself more time, more physical space to try to figure out who you are because you have more distance from who they are. Right. Yeah. And and understanding that is important. And I hear parents saying, oh, so it's just OK that my kid's so rude to me or it's, oh, it's just OK that my kid says no to everything I'm saying. I- I'm not talking about whether it's OK or not OK, but it- we have to start with understanding. And when you understand yeah. the why underneath the behavior, your whole lens actually shifts so you can respond in a way that's productive instead of, you know, just one power struggle essentially after another. So I think that's a good baseline. And then next to that, Cassidy, is like, so, okay, our kids want to figure out who they are. They need time. They need space. That makes sense. And in this world with technology, like how much time, how much space do we give them when really nasty things can happen because essentially they have control over technology that they're not really mature enough to be able to use responsibly? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. And there's this push for like you were saying, this actual physical separation. Mm-hmm. And so they're spending a lot more time in their like in their room, right? Like wanting that space away from the family system, which one is hard for a parent when you're like, why do you want to be away from me? And all these other people that are so much more important to you now, right? Like that can bring up our own stuff. But now they also have access to <laughs> – 
the digital world <laughs> while while being alone. And it's like, how do we manage all of that? And and then yeah, and then pretty soon they're gonna have their licenses. They're gonna be out driving around. They're gonna be invited to not just, you know, watch this YouTube video I'm sending you or play this game with me on the internet, but like come to this party. Right. <laughs> like so yep. shit gets real. Yep. And I know that, I mean, I'm sure there are listeners here who've got tweens and teens, but I think that a lot of the listeners have the little ones right now and they're in the toddler stage. And how can we, I think that like this conversation both brings like buy-in for like why and ex, and like and like explains the why we do these things now when they're so little because of the connection capital because of the like <laughs> you know body sovereignty because of all the things that are going to support them when they're older and our relationship when they're older but so it's for buy in but it also it's just it's going to help them now and help them later and yes of course we want that right and so what are some things that in the toddler years right or the those early years as a parent are actually setting the stage for this yeah. like red right into those years. Amazing question. So a couple things I would, I, I would think about, right? So first of all, when we think about the arc or the story that's often told about teens, it's often something like this. Like when your kid becomes 13, they become really rude and they become really mean, or you only have two more good years left. You have like five more years when they're sweet and then they'll never want to be with you and you'll fight with them all the time. A quick word from our sponsor, Athletic Greens. I take AG1 every morning. It was really hard for me to get in the habit of taking care of myself in the hustle and bustle of the morning and getting the kids out the door when it came to drinking water, taking my vitamins, taking my supplements, I was dropping the ball. Enter the scene, Athletic Greens. All it takes is one scoop stirring it in a cup of water in the morning. And not only am I getting my hydration first thing, I'm also getting all of my vitamins and supplements in one scoop, supporting my gut health, immune system support, as well as increased energy. I don't drink coffee. Caffeine and I are not friends. It gives me the jitters. I definitely experience increased anxiety when I drink caffeine. And since taking Athletic Greens, I've noticed an increase in energy that feels good throughout the rest of the day. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash holding space. That's athleticgreens.com slash holding space. Check it out. Right. So this narrative about adolescence, I, I really do believe, I don't have any data to, to back this up, but you know, mm -hmm. I think intuition or like kind of <laughs> thoughts are also relevant in the conversation, not in place of yes, data, but they're relevant. So. Um, so one of the things I think about a lot with that arc of, you know, what happens into the teenage years is many kids in their earliest years when they're small are really parented through fear and coercion. They really are. Because when you have a four-year-old, you can say things like, 
go to your room, no dessert for a week, you know? Like you you not only can say that. It feels but good like, sometimes too. Oh, <laughs> like, so re- it's like a release, you know? You're like, like oh, I wasn't even- I have power. <laughs> I have power. And if you feel disempowered and if mm. something like setting actual boundaries as the foundation for power isn't something that comes naturally, yeah. many parents find their power reactively yes. when they're desperate, which yep. is never a place time to really find true power, but it's what we right. all do. Me too. I'm not above that. So we say that and a lot of four-year-olds, not all, but a lot of four-year-olds will on some level listen. Why? Because they're terrified of you, because they're poor, because they're helpless, because they're tiny. Because if they do say, well, I'm running away, you're like, okay, like you're not actually going to do that. Right. And so kids are parented in this way, which can be to a child, fairly disrespectful, very kind of coerced, very um, disempowered, you know, with not a lot of respect for a kid. Again, that's not saying the opposite should be we let our kid make all decisions. There's a lot between them. But if a kid is parented that way, I always picture a child becomes, let's say, 13. And I feel like a lot of 13-year-olds are like, wait a second. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm bigger than my mom. Right. I'm literally bigger than her. Like she says to me, you know, yeah. no, you can't watch TV. Go to your room. And at 13, you're like, what? Like, like if if push came to shove, like I, I think I'd win in this fight. So then 13 is like, yeah. you can't talk to me like that. F you. I hate you. And you're like, oh, look at my teenage child. Mm-hmm. Right now. Listen, again, adolescence is a time of separation. Adolescence mm-hmm. is a time of identity formation. There is some amount of pushback, right? Of I need more space. You can't tell me what to do. That is just developmentally expected. Yeah. But I think what takes it to the next level more than we realize is entire generations of children being parented in a way that just stops, quote, working. I don't think it ever works for effectiveness, but it just stops being plausible when your kid is big. And then all of the anger and all of the years of feeling invisible, of feeling not real, of feeling like you've never been heard, that doesn't mean hearing a kid means letting them make the decision, but just hearing them out, right? And, you know, validating their existence, essentially. All of those feelings bubble up in the teenage years because finally, even from a physicality perspective, it's safe enough to express and it's been built up for 13 years. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so true. Um, you know, my, my dad, my dad always, um, my dad always jokes, but it's, it's also really, it's a painful story. You know, Cassidy didn't talk to me and again, and didn't talk to me, you know, when she became a teenager until like they dropped me off at college. Like, I don't think, right. Like he dropped me off at college and they were walking away. And I, all of a sudden, like for me, that separation became so visceral and real. And I, I was now, I got that independence. And then I like, I remember like running down the hall and like giving him a hug and he didn't know what to do because there had been so many years of strife between us, right? Of just, again, like his own stuff, right? I, I think it's always helpful to think about, you know, um, my my parents as the children of my grandparents, right? It just like, mm-hmm. like you know, somebody shared that with me once and it just like immediately like hit. And I was like, oof, context, right? Like compassion, all the good things. But the way in which I was parented when I was little, right? When I got big enough and I was, and I had a car and I could rebel, right? And I could have that space from them. 
all of that pent up frustration and anger and um and and I think fear, right? Like all underneath all of that, it came out in these ways in the, in in situation in ways that put me in really precarious situations that I mm. very I can remember and were you know, traumatizing in their own ways. And I now as a parent, like looking at my kids, looking at my daughter, who's like, what, only a couple years away from getting her license? Like, what, <sighs> what the hell? How did, how the fuck did that happen? But it did, it's happening. Um, and, and, you know, when I parent, and I, I want to say this for the listener who's like, well, shit, I have a teen and like, I did timeouts. Like I didn't do all this, other stuff, right? Stuff. Like <laughs> other stuff. But I, I, I think that it's 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 really helpful for me to kind of recognize a name here. Like I did timeouts when my oldest was little. Like I didn't. I did what my body remembered that you're supposed to do in these moments where there's disconnect yes. and dysregulation, right? Like yes. it yes. was, it was what my brain could most easily access in a moment of overwhelm and stress makes so much sense, right? Like, and so she, she went in timeouts. Like I like told her like, you need to eat more, two more bites of this before you can have that, right? Like I, we, we, we did, we did potty training with sticker charts and I'm not saying that any of that's bad. I'm just saying that like that, those are things we did. And now we do things a little bit different and I, I think that there's so much room here, right? So much room for doing things differently, even now. It never, it never, it never stops being available to us, right? To shift gears. Yeah. And never. never. And I think it's also what, what's been really, really meaningful for me in my individual experience is the way that we're parenting now with our toddler and my oldest sees that, right? Like sometimes I'll even talk to her about, you know, gosh, when you were little, like there were some things that I said, like, and she, she may not remember them, but her body remembers, right? So like I can even go back and repair moments that happened a decade ago <laughs> because I remember and I want to do things yes. differently now. And just those conversations I think can be really meaningful, right? A hundred percent. I mean, I think for everyone listening here, imagine like you have a boss or a former teacher or, or your own parent, anyone who's kind of was at some point like an authority in your life. Imagine them coming up to you and just saying, hey, you know what I'm thinking about? Maybe it sounds out of the blue, but I'm thinking about these moments where I felt like I kind of just dictated to you. Mm-hmm. I felt like I, I kind of operated from a place of like power and coercion more than, I don't know, something more respectful for both of us, honestly. And I don't know if you remember them. I remember them. Um, and it's just not in line with how I want to do things going forward. Right? Like yeah. imagine your boss coming into your office. I just want to know the person who's like, oh, like that was unnecessary. <laughs> like, I don't know. You'd be like, that was really kind of amazing. And even if I don't exactly know what they're talking about, like that feels really good to receive oh. now as a way yeah. forward. Right. And, you know, I, I don't think I can articulate this as well as I'd want, because actually I just had the thought when you were talking, but the idea that parents kind of have quote power through control and fear and punishment. It it's just like it's a really unfortunate way of thinking about kind of power. You know? Mm-hmm. And like one of the things I can remember from my own childhood, and and you know, my parents definitely didn't do everything right, but they did a lot of things, I think, that really helped me. 
I never felt like there was anything that was happening that I would kind of, quote, get in trouble for. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not to say I would be out at a party as a teenage kid and come home and parents would be like, you're amazing. Let me throw you an extra party for this thing you did. No, no, no. I'm not saying we didn't have tough conversations, yeah. but I never felt like I had to be in fear of my parents kind of finding out about something. And I did always feel if I was out and something not great was happening, I felt like I could call them and like they would come and they wouldn't make me feel awful about it because there is a choice we have as a parent. We have to say, okay, when we have a hard line of my kid knows this isn't okay and that's not quote okay, these kind of hard lines, Mm -hmm. then we are choosing to say, if my kid gets into a bad situation, they won't come to me for help, period. You can't have it both ways period. They will not call. They will stay there because the fear of your anger is greater than the fear they have in the situation. Period. Period. Yeah. And I think we have to give ourselves more nuance on the opposite side because I'd say, oh, so then my kid is just going to think it's okay to get wasted at a party or, you know, to steal money and go to a concert. No, we really equate the lack of punishment with like agreement and kind of encouragement. It's not the same thing. Like if I was late to work for a week and my boss said to me, hey, Becky, look, you've been late. That's really not okay. But also there must be a reason this is happening. Let's figure this out because I'm sure you also just, you know, want to feel better about how you show up here. I don't think my boss is like, well, I guess he thinks or she thinks it's okay I'm late. What? Like just because they didn't punish me. And didn't say, you know, Becky, I'm not ordering lunch for you this week. We got lunch for the office, but not for you because we're late. Like, I don't need to hear that to know it's not okay. Right? So I just think everyone listening, and this is the same thing when you're a toddler, right? Mm -hmm. So how our kids respond in moments they, quote, could get into trouble when they're teens doesn't come from what we say to them when they're 13. It comes from all the ways we responded to their struggles, their tricky situations when they were younger. Their body has stored all of that. So you get a call from the teacher. And they were like, you know, your kid pushed another kid in the playground today. I just thought you'd want to know that, right? And for everyone listening, my kids push kids on the playground. Cassidy, I'm sure your kids push kids on the playground. I mean, I push kids on the playground. I've gotten the calls. It's a rite of passage, you know? It's a rite of passage. Um, So if I – you know what? I can't believe – I cannot believe you did that. That is is so not something we do. And I'm canceling your sleepover tomorrow. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so – So embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And like no iPad for the week. Right, we yeah. kind of say something random that we think is going to upset them, right? <laughs> um, then fast forward ten years, and and not as a one time. Of course, we can all say those things one time, but if that is a pattern, <laughs> right. right? And my kid is really stuck writing an essay, and probably at this point, ChatGPT is right there, able mm. to write the essay for them or something, <sighs> and 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 they really feel like they're like about to plagiarize the whole paper. Yeah, whether my kid does that. Or knocks on my bedroom door and says, like, Mom, mm. like, I'm in a really tough spot. Mm. Right? Or, Mom, you should know that this really sketchy thing happened actually at school and I need to talk to you about it before mm. it gets worse. That is, yes, related to how they have felt responses when they were having tough times. Yeah. It really goes right into that.
As a mom to three, my partner and I find that one of the biggest struggles we have faced in our relationship is navigating sharing responsibilities and the mental load. And I know that we're not alone because this shows up with all of my clients and in every podcast episode, the mental load of parenting shows up in some way or another. Enter the scene, coexist. Coexist is the app that's revolutionizing how couples manage the mental load of household tasks and childcare. It's like having a personal assistant right in your pocket, helping you and your partner effortlessly share tasks, plan meals, collaborate on lists, and even give each other kudos along the way. Here's the cherry on top for my amazing community. Coexist is offering an exclusive deal. Sign up for a two week free trial before June 15th, and you'll get 15% off the annual plan on iOS with the code Dr. Cassidy 15. So what are you waiting for? Really take that first step towards a more harmonious home life today. Download coexist on Android or iOS at getcoexist.com. The load in our home has been feeling a little bit lighter since downloading Coexist, and yours can feel lighter too when you download the Coexist app at getcoexist.com. Since becoming a parent and as I've gotten older, I've become a lot more mindful of the supplements and products that I use, and that's why I love Peary. These are natural food supplements that I trust completely. Let's talk a bit about collagen. So collagen is so important for our bodies, but our natural production of it slows as we get older. So I've learned and quality supplements support our muscle, bone, and joint health. Recently, I've been taking Puri's CP1 Pure Collagen Peptides. It was number one out of 28 collagens tested by the Organic Consumers Association and Clean Label Project. There are enough hard decisions that we make every day as parents, and this makes Puri an easy choice. See and feel the difference with Puri. I know you'll love their supplements as much as I do. Puri is offering my listeners an amazing deal, 20% off site-wide. Just go to my special URL, puri.com backslash Dr. Cassidy, and use my promo code Dr. Cassidy. So go to P-U-O-R-I.com slash Dr. Cassidy. Don't miss out. Use promo code Dr. Cassidy at puri.com backslash Dr. Cassidy. It really does. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about my two younger something about the toddler, right? Like she's right now in a hitting stage, right? So if she hits her brother or she kicks the dog, right? Like if I come in and I have a boundary, I'm not going to let you hit your brother. I'm not going to let you kick the dog. And and right? Like find a way to get into her world, right? Like what is what is her experience here? And it through, you know, validating the feeling, through naming the feeling, through like having, you know, she's two and a half, so she's starting to gain some communication. Like she she gets it, right? Like if I if I look at her and I show in my face and I get down to her level that like, you know, you're really frustrated right now. Like you really are mad that he is riding your bike right now, right? Like, you know, it's the the way in which I even see her body. There's like this little like shudder that happens. 100%. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep, like there's this I do. shudder that happens. Like, oh, thank God you get it. Right? Like, 
And then let's say with my eight-year-old, when he, as he does, right, like um, so smart, like learned, he like learned the code to like give himself more minutes on the iPad, like just, you know, like watch my fingers and enough tries, like, or I don't know, maybe he got Indust- out of Industrious, <laughs> industrious. <laughs> knows, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Very industrious. Um, and, and I'm like, wait, it's been longer than, you know, our allotted time. And I go in and, right, like. And like, I see, I see it in his eyes, right? Like, oh shit, I've been caught, you know, like, or, and like, there's like this, like, and he's my, he's my DFK. So there's a very quick, like shame shows up real fast for him. So if I'm in that moment, right, like still going to hold the boundary, I'm not going to be like, Hey dude, like you get more time so we can, (laughs) we can avoid (laughs) this big meltdown that's about to happen. Right. But like get into his world, right? Like yes. and, and with him it, it looks a little bit different because he's my DFK. So it's a little bit coming through the side door with him and like what that connection looks like. But like knowing that I can still connect with him while having boundaries, right? Like this isn't about a free-for-all. This isn't about we're hitting each other, we don't have boundaries around screen time, but we're still we're still gonna feel safe and connected. And I want you at the end of the day, what I want most is for them to go to bed and to feel like my mom is on my team and she gets it, or at least she really freaking tries to get it. Hey, Dr. Cassidy here. A quick message for those of you who are California residents. My group private practice is accepting new clients. If you are a parent who's been looking for some support and thinks you might be ready to take that step to connect with a therapist, reach out to me directly at the link in show notes. You will reach me. Your email will come to me and either I will respond and set up a consult call with you or connect you with one of our therapists that I think would be a great fit for you. All right. If you are not based in California and you're like, wait, I would love to find a therapist that maybe has a similar niche or specialty or approach. There is a link in the show notes just for you to walk you through finding a therapist in your area that takes a similar approach, similar specialty, how to find one, what steps to take next. All right. You deserve support and let's take a step today to get it. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's just so many implications here. So first of all, for everyone listening, I get the skepticism. It's like, okay, no. Like kids need to know right from wrong, right? Like we, right, kids need to know right from wrong. And I can't raise a kid who just thinks it's okay or who expects everyone to just, you know, see their goodness and separate that from their behavior. They're not going to have a boss one day. Who, like I, I totally yeah. get it, but just stay with me. Number one, I think it's powerful if you're willing to move from not punishing, that doesn't make sense, to this thought, which is a brave, different thought, but I think is powerful, is the thought of not punishing scares me. Mm-hmm. It's like, And that's true. Like, or the thought of not punishing is, is really new. Mm-hmm. Or when I think about not greeting my kids' hard moments with punishment, I notice all these fears of like the way they're going to be. The fear that comes, the thought that comes up to me is it gets harder than this. I've, I've like I've actually screamed that at my kids before. Yeah, it gets yeah. harder. This is than nothing, that, right? Like right. so yeah. helpful, Cassidy. Yeah. So helpful in that moment. But like that's that's that part of me. That's that part of me that is so scared that they're yep. not going to be that the world is going to hurt them. They're not going to be prepared for how screwy the world is, right? Like, and that 
this is why I'm so hard on you in this moment because it like this is nothing. It gets harder yep. than this, right? But to that ch- that child, right? Like <laughs> this is everything. Yeah. This is their world. Yeah. And so I I, I do I think about this lot this term like leaving getting someone off the hook. You're letting them off the hook. Mm-hmm. Or what does it mean to leave someone on the hook? Right. So. This is a true story from my own life. So I used to like exercise a lot. Like I was pretty in shape. I'm a small person. So on the outside, people might not even notice that much of a difference. But walking mm-hmm. up the stairs, it's a big difference from, you know, how it used to be. Um, and I'm like, I, I really want to get into a workout routine again. Not to lose weight. Not for any vanity. I was like, I actually feel stronger. Like I really feel good in my body when I have some type of routine. And I told myself it was like my January's like New Year's resolution. I actually like resolution. It gives me like a reason to start. And yeah. didn't happen. Didn't happen. Just didn't happen. Right. And and I, my kids all get on the bus early in the morning. And so I have time. Like, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to put my kids on the bus at like 7.30. And then I live in New York City. I have some equipment in my building. I was like, this is perfect. I go down to my workout clothes. They go on the bus. And instead I'd go back up to my apartment and I'd just be like on the couch on my phone, like scrolling. And I'm like, to my husband's like, what's up? And I'm like, I'm checking work emails. I was not. I was like literally reading the most random stuff. I was like, I'm working. I was not. Okay. I was not. And, and then it was like a month or so later. And I want to just go over two paths. Here's one path. And it's probably the easiest path. And at the end of the day, we talk to ourselves based on how we were talked to, right? A parent's voice mm-hmm. becomes a child's self-talk. Yeah. And yeah. so how we respond to our own struggles comes from how our struggles were responded to by our caregivers. And that then becomes how we respond to our kids' struggles. And here's the legacy that we pass on. So here's two different ways I could have responded to myself. Number one, if I think about punishment and what is not okay. Mm-hmm. Becky, it is not okay. Becky, it is not okay to be mindlessly scrolling on your phone. And then that quickly goes into- What is wrong wrong with you? (laughs) What is wrong with you? What is wrong with me? I'm so lazy. I didn't used to be so lazy. I'm never gonna like figure this out. I'm disgusting. Like Mm. I, I, you know, I have no drive. I have no motivation. It is not okay to have said Mm. January 1st was the time and here it is February 15th or whatever it is. Okay. Like, I just want to know what human is like, Becky, that's that, like that is, that is going to really help you. Yeah. I think that is a great strategy that is effective. I feel so hopeful tomorrow about your ability to change because of you berating yourself. Like, like right. forget that it doesn't feel good. But like, I am a really practical person more than I'm a feelings oriented person. That's the irony of this whole thing. Like, I'm like, it's just not practical. Like, that's not effective. And it's not effective physiologically. When right. you add shame and blame to yourself, it literally brings on a freeze response. It is an animal defense state of freeze when you feel shame. So I don't know anyone who thinks being frozen is conducive with movement. And when you want to change, you need movement. Like it doesn't make sense. Now, here's a different approach that goes really back into that. I'm not in trouble with anyone. I'm going to connect. I'm going to also speak hard truths, but I'm going to connect and orient toward goodness. So then we can actually problem solve. Then I'd be sitting on the couch saying this to myself, Becky, you really wanted to start working out this year and you haven't. Let's let's just look at that together. Like you're not in trouble. You're not a bad person. You're not actually acting in accordance with what you even believe is good for you. So let's think about that. Then maybe I'd say to myself, starting new things is hard. Mm. Or what I ended up saying to myself, I said, you know what? Replacing mindlessness mm. with mindfulness is like really hard in 2023. It's like it's really hard. just really hard. And 
doing something familiar is always easier than mm. doing something unfamiliar. No wonder it's been hard. And when I, I really felt something shift in my body. Maybe it's like the thing you can kind of notice with your kids when you kind of mm -hmm. connect in their hard moments. And then I was able to actually say this to myself, okay, not a bad person. Like what would help me change? And I actually realized one of the things I need to do when I go down to put my kids in the bus is leave my phone in a drawer upstairs. Because mm -hmm. then at least it was like, oh, I'd have to like go find it. I even told my husband, hey, I really want to get to the gym after. So I just want to let you know that not to like be on top of me, but a little bit to hold myself responsible. And, yeah. you know, if you do see me on my phone, please do say to me, Becky, like, are you really working? Like, it seems like it's something else. Right. But all of that problem solving mm -hmm. truly was only possible. After I like connected, separated my behavior from my identity and maintained connecting to myself. And if I think about how palpably that was true for my own change, and then I think about my kid, right? And the way I approach them when they push someone on the playground, right? Whether mm -hmm. I say, what is wrong with you? That is not okay. Or if I say, hey, I'm, I'm sure that moment didn't feel great mm -hmm. to you either. And I know you know it's not okay, but also... Let's just figure this out. Let's actually figure out what happened. You are probably having a hard time and there's probably things we can practice together. So the next time you have a hard time, you have a new skill, right? And then I think I could brainstorm with mm -hmm. my kids something, not obviously putting a cell phone in a drawer, but something along those lines in terms of like an actual practical yeah. skill that could help me live right. more in line with my values. But all of that comes from resisting that coming down harshly punishing mm. urge. So going back, Cassie, that leaving someone on the hook versus off the hook, you want to let someone off the hook for change, punish them, blame them, shame <laughs> yeah. them, berate them, yourself or someone else. That literally lets them off the hook. You want to leave someone on the hook for change, mm. have some honest talk. Hey, something's going on. Hey, you're not in trouble. I love you. I'm here. And we actually are going to talk about this in a way that can actually lead to us learning and changing. That is leaving someone on the hook. Mm. Oof. <laughs> I felt a little shudder in that. I felt a little shudder oh. in that. It was good. It was so, oh. So I know that you talk about these things in so many different layers and different ways in a, several different places. So for example, you're on Instagram at Dr. Becky at Good Inside. I actually know that you just recently posted a reel talking about this idea of this very powerful phrase that will support tantrums both in the toddler years and the teen years. And this was the words, you really wish, right? Yes. And I think that it speaks to what you're talking about here. Just like, oh, you really wish blank, right? And like getting into their world. And so if the listener is wanting more, Instagram is a great place to start to make that connection with you. If you want to have even these deeper conversations, you have a community that I am so grateful to be a part of and a contributor in. Just recently, there was a thread about you posted a video about a friend of yours who had called her 13-year-old was just being you know rude, defiant. And you shared a video and then in the comments, people were sharing their experiences with this tween. And I just felt so seen in not just what your friend reported to you, but also then what the other parents were talking about. And you know what's so cool about feeling not alone is I think that that is absolutely where then the door opens for me to learn and do something different. Because as soon as I feel like it's not just behind my closed doors – 
that it's so ugly and messy sometimes. And I get that little glimmer, glimpse into other people's behind closed door moments. That shame can't really fester and grow in that environment of feeling connected and not alone. And then the learning just opens. So like the first step to rewiring, I think, is to feel seen and connected too, right? Like that just oh. – that. And I think that that's what the community is, is, is bridging. Um, and then you have a book, Good Inside, which yes. I think is like such a beautiful compilation of all of your work and the pillars. If somebody's like, I just want to understand first like the philosophy and framework and pillars before I can dive into the scripts. And like if you are, that you're, you're our people. I think the book is a, place, a beautiful place for you to go and do that. I'm going to share links to all this in the show notes, including – the potty learning course. And I know I, I said DFK and maybe they're like, what is a DFK? Um, a deeply feeling kid. If you think you might have one, I'll share a link in the show notes where you can learn more about that too. Well, thank you, Cassidy. And this conversation I know is one of many I look forward to having with you and your work is so important. The way you show up, you have this balance of sharing information, sharing ideas, and like always in such a vulnerable, open-minded way. It's it's very hard to strike that balance and you do it so artistically. So I love knowing you and thank you for this important conversation. The feeling is so very mutual. Thank you, Becky. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to know when future episodes air. And go and explore some of those past episodes. Maybe there's a topic in there that you've really been wanting to learn more about. You can learn more about my private practice as well as my parenting courses and workshops at the link in the show notes. You held space for yourself today. You carved out the time and you tuned into this episode. I hope you take a moment to honor how meaningful that is. Yes, to me for sure, but also... For you. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.